day, everybody, and happy Monday. It's a snowy Monday. It's April 17th. It is the Bill Michaels Show. Ben Kenny, Mr. Grant Bills is here as well. What's up, buddy? Good morning, Ben. You got me? I do. Maybe unfortunately. I think wow. the the snow encaptures the mood of much of the state after the debacle that was yesterday. Miami 130. The Milwaukee Bucks 117. They drop game one. Giannis Atetokounmpo goes down early in the first quarter with an injury, a back injury. He does not return. The Bucks fall. They make a couple runs. Grant, they they were they were coming at the lead. They there were attempts there, but the Heat hit there enough shots. Attempts. The Heat hit oh, enough shots to hold them off, and the Bucks fall to five and seven in game ones under Mike Budenholzer. For yeah. a team that has had a lot of playoff success, five and seven in game ones, the Bucks will now look to win their sixth series in the last seven after losing game one. This is normal, and it's weird, yeah. and it's frustrating. I, I, I think the word I'm going to start the show with, talking about the Bucks' loss to the Heat yesterday, that was an irritating game, start to finish. Yeah, because when you dig deeply into this game and you talk about all the different parts and pieces, the Bucks, even without Giannis and even giving up a lot of three-pointers, like they still could have won this game. They just needed one or two things to go their way and they didn't. And they made a couple of runs. Like you said, it's not like they let go of the rope. Not that that makes a difference in the end. They still lost, but they're never good in game ones. I didn't expect yesterday to be too much different because they've been off for like a week and a half. They haven't played a, a locked-in competitive game of basketball in a week and a half. So you, you factor that in with the fact that they are not good in game ones anyways. And the Heat have been dialed in the last couple of days. They played on Friday night. I was hoping in the second half, the Bucks would get it together, start finding their stride. The Heat would tail off because they're tired. They've been playing. But Giannis getting hurt kind of changed that trajectory. So instead, today we're talking about Giannis's injury and how that impacted the game rather than probably what was just going to be a really typical Bucks game one that would be frustrating and they'd win by a little, but they would have won and instead Giannis gets hurt. Yeah, they look like a team that hadn't played meaningful basketball in a while, which I don't think should come as a big surprise. No, I think it can. I mean, yeah, it's the first round and you're playing the eight seed and those are upsets that rarely happen, even though it is the Heat and the Heat are kind of, they've been that pesky team in the playoffs for the last couple of years since the bubble. But it's not a surprise that they weren't ready or it didn't come out of the gates hot. I still think it's a big disappointment. Like, it is the playoffs, right? We hear, like, some would think, it's like, okay, yeah, they're the box. They, the path is not very challenging. They're not going to play the Celtics or the Sixers until the Eastern Conference Finals. Wake me up when they get to one of the other premier teams in the NBA. But it's like, we hear all season about how, and not from directly the Bucs, but in general, from NBA people, from the players, from coaches. Like we hear all season about how the regular season doesn't really matter as much. And then once you get to the playoffs about how the intensity ratchets up and then everybody is suddenly there to play. So the fact yeah. that they come out that flat and that slow, and even when Giannis goes down, the fact that there weren't answers, Grant. Like, yeah, the heat shot, they had an outlier game. They, they hit crazy threes. We could have the conversation about if it's sustainable, but I still think it's a huge disappointment to see the team come out that way when... Okay, Chris Middleton was great. He hasn't really played meaningful minutes in two whole weeks. Yeah, He seemed to show up and do it. But a majority of the rest of the team didn't. 
And even when Giannis goes down, again, there there didn't seem to be an answer after that. Well, they came out flat, like you said. That's why a game is four quarters long, right? Like, like that's why a game isn't decided by 12 minutes. In 12 minutes where the Heat came out, like they've been playing meaningful basketball the last couple of days. And the Bucks came out like they'd been off for two weeks. But ideally, over the course of four quarters, the Bucks start reeling in the Heat. And they did. The problem was Giannis got hurt. And I think on my show tonight, and maybe before 2 o'clock on, on this show, you can make, I think, a lot of comparisons to Game 4 against the Hawks a couple of years ago when Giannis got hurt. And I walked away from that game thinking, man, if Giannis stays healthy, even though the Bucks did a lot of things poorly, the Bucs still win because the Bucs are that much better. The Bucs are that much better than the Heat, right? The Heat are not a good basketball team. I-, I will say, though, the Heat aren't scared, right? That's the difference between the Heat and a lot of other eight seeds. The Heat have been there before. They have guys who have done it before and played in big moments. That's not the case about the Magic, who the Bucs played in the first round in 2020, or the Pistons in 2019, right? The Heat aren't good, but they're a professional basketball team, and they're not going to lay down. I still think the Bucs can beat him without Giannis, but I don't know. It's it's a little bit of a, a unique first-round matchup because it's not a good team, but it's a team that's done it before. It's really interesting. With a lot of players that I either A, didn't know existed, or B, didn't know existed <laughs> on the heat. Yeah. And this is going to be telling on myself. I didn't know Kevin Love was on the heat until I started watching the play-in games come playoff time. There were mm-hmm. a bunch of guys that I literally just learned who they were watching them get into this point to play the Bucks as the eighth seed. But they just, I, they had a crazy shooting day. And sometimes you're going to lose like that, I guess. I come, we, we could talk about a level of concern, right? And it's game one. I still think, and we'll get to the Giannis injury. I have comments from Coach Budenholzer you'll hear in about 10 minutes. I even think if he was to miss a couple games or the rest of the series, God forbid, I think the Bucks should still win the series 100%. There's a question of the level of concern. And am I long-term concerned with the performance going through the rest of the Heat series? Absolutely not. I think it's things that are very easy to correct as you go and hopefully have a big-time response in game two. But I don't think that should overshadow how much of a debacle that game was. Just how bad they played. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that they played... I don't know. I'll push back a little bit on that. I thought the Bucks did a lot of good things. The problem is Giannis is not only the best player in the world, Ben, but he does more than any other player in the world, right? They rely on him for a million different things, both offensively and defensively, right? They build a defense around Giannis. So when Giannis leaves the game in the middle of a game, now we're scrambling. How do we want to position Brooke Lopez? How do we want to deploy Drew Holiday, right? On offense, what is Chris Middleton do how do we work in Bobby Porter so they're trying to figure out all these roles now once Giannis leaves the game and I think that's why they gave up a lot of shots at the rim I think that's why the offense looked clunky at times is they were scrambling to figure out how are we going to make up for this and that and the other thing all these things that Giannis takes care of because Giannis is again not just the best player in the world but he does more than any player in the world they're trying to make up for that and I don't think the Bucks played that badly I don't think they came out that flat they got off to a little bit of a slow start, and then Giannis got hurt, and they were scrambling to try to figure out how to adjust until the end of the game. It felt like they lacked composure, though. I thought when you go into that, a lot of the half-court stuff, again, Chris Middleton, 33 points, shot the ball tremendously. Not from deep, but he was getting to his spots, and he was scoring. Drew Holiday, his shot wasn't working. He had 16 assists. 
it felt as though when they were in the half court and things were somewhat controlled that they did well. Like they did score 117 points. It was the moments into the third quarter and into the fourth where Javon Carter pulls up from three on the fast break when someone's wide open going in for a dunk. It's those moments. It, it's, it's the moments where there might be some momentum and then an inexplicable shot comes. And that's just on the offensive side. So it was okay. those moments where the lack of composure really got to me, where it's like, okay, yes, if Giannis is there, those shots probably aren't taken. And going deeper into the playoffs, I would hope that they aren't taken. But they were, that's a, and that's they a didn't work. That's a good shot from Javon Carter, by the way. That's a good shot. He took that shot all year. Like, he shot 40% from three this year. I doubt a little bit that Chris Middleton was just supposed to jump up and catch a lob. Chris Middleton, respectfully, has not been in the best of shape this year. He's been injury prone this year. He kind of has stone hands at times. Like, I didn't mind the Javon Carter shot. You mentioned Middleton, by the way. The Middleton conversation today is fascinating because he had 33 points and really got to his shots and played well. He also had five or six plays that just killed them. Dribbling it off his foot, turnovers. making a bad pass. Yeah. yeah, he had five turnovers, which is considerably more than anyone else on the team. Next closest was Brooke Lopez with three. But he had on top of those five turnovers, two or three plays that were just backbreakers. So I think Chris Middleton needs to get a little more organized. Drew Holiday, too. I think once Giannis left the game, they were scrambling a little bit to try to figure out how to deploy Drew Holiday defensively. Do we want to put him on Jimmy? Do we, what do we want to do with him? I think they were just trying to answer a lot of these questions on the fly. And, and I think you said composure. Maybe that's why they lacked composure and organization a little bit. The defense got to me not because of the fact that the Heat made all the shots. Because if an NBA team is hot, they're going to win a game. You could say that about the NCAA tournament, too. That's why upsets yep. happen. If, if a team is going to hit every three they take, they will win. I don't care how much better the other team is. But it did kind of feel like, the and again, this could just be how they plan to play it the whole series, and it didn't work because the Heat had a crazy shooting day. It felt like Coach Bud kind of went out with the Joe Barry-type defense. He was out there, you know, but Brooke Lopez was way off. About a bio, he got to his spots. It, it felt like there was some some sagging back off everybody, and if they make all the shots, they make all the shots. It, it was a true, if Jair Alexander seven yards deep and they complete a three-yard out, then they complete the three-yard out. I, so I need to go back and look a little bit, and I, I didn't, I was, I'm not going to lie, I was really frustrated after last night's game because it just bums me out when games like this happen because because I work in sports talk, not only do we have to talk about this, but I love listening to a lot of other sports talk too. And I, this is going to be a frustrating 24 hours. So I didn't read anything after the game. I want to go back and look at Eric name stuff and some of the other things at the athletic and, and people that I like defensively, the eye test things that jumped out to me is they just kind of let Jimmy Butler walk into his shots. That was the most frustrating thing for me. If Gabe Vincent and Kevin Love are hitting deep threes. Okay. Like that's going to happen. Letting Jimmy Butler walk into a practice shot at the top of the key that, that's he you can't let him do that like we've been playing against jimmy butler for a couple of years now you can't let him just walk into those mid-range jumpers i, I thought it, it wasn't the three-point defense that was lacking it was situational defense against jimmy butler and defense at the rim without Giannis out there they they really gave up buckets at the rim which they haven't done all year long eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy Coming back, I, I want to talk about Giannis's injury. We could take your calls as well. Bucks drop game one to the Heat. What's the 877-867-1670? Uh, 
That's how you get a hold of the show. Uh, coming up, we can open the phone lines. Grant, what is the what's the biggest disappointing thing from last night? And I don't Ooh. think like Giannis's injury sucks, and we're gonna get to it. It is the story from the game more so than the loss, and more so how they played. But I don't categorize that as a disappointment from on the court because it's somewhat uncontrollable. And we could get into the whole charge stuff if you want. I don't. I wasn't really wading into that discussion last night. People were angry. But what's the biggest disappointment from the game, from the loss? For me, it's the rust. For me, it's the coming out of the gates very slow. And it is only game one. And the great thing is there's a reason you play this long of a series. There's a lot of time to correct it. This isn't the NFL where if you come out very slow on offense or defense in a playoff game, and then there isn't enough time to correct it. This is a, a long series for a reason. Frankly, yesterday's game was a long game for a reason. The Bucks had ample opportunities to come back and win the game. But still, the most disappointing thing, uh, there are positives there with, with how Middleton played on offense, minus the turnovers. But the most disappointing thing to me was the rust. It was showing up, and the Heat had just played multiple games to get to this point, a true MLB wild card round run that we're seeing where they get a little momentum and then play a much better team that had been sitting. But still, it's a disappointment. It still is the playoffs. And I expect the team, I expect Coach Bud, I expect all the guys, starters, the bench, to still come out and, and have the juice, have the energy in the first game. And they didn't do it. And that's why they lost. So... That is disappointing. I'll just level with you as someone who's watched Bucks playoff games for the last couple of years. It's somewhat I didn't expected. expect them to come out. Yeah. Like they're not good in game ones. And I didn't expect that to be any different when they had a week and a half layoff. So it's disappointing. Yeah. But I, I kind of expected it. I don't know. I, I think the most disappointing thing for me is, I don't know, this felt a lot more like 2019 Bucks against the Heat than it did 2020, 2021 Bucks against the Heat. Like, you're going under screens. You're letting Jimmy Butler walk into his looks. Like, this looked like a Bucks team that had never played against this Heat team before. I think that, that's what was frustrating. And I don't want to kill him too much because Giannis leaves. And like I said, Ben, Giannis does so many things. So when he's removed from the game, you're scrambling to cover all of those responsibilities and, and all those different things that Giannis does. But I, I think in, in a big-picture sense, the frustrating part of yesterday's game was it kind of looked like this was the first time Coach Bud and this team were playing against this Heat team, and that's absolutely not true. We're very familiar with this team, and that still didn't really seem to make a difference yesterday. I think no matter what is said today, uh, the the utmost importance going forward is the response. Whenever this happens, and again, the Bucks have lost five. Uh, they are five and seven in game ones under Coach Bud. They have won five of the last six series after losing game one. So it's very familiar territory. The Suns NBA finals, they obviously go down 2-0. They've been in this position a lot. And it is good that you have the same team from those runs that know exactly. They have the composure. They're not panicking. They know how to respond after a game like this. But the most important thing is the respond. What's different in game two? Do they come out and it just looks like a completely different ball game? Do the Heat look like an eight seed? coming back in game two, or do we see kind of the, if Giannis again, uh, and we hope he'll be ready, but if he is unable to go, do we see a same, you, you kind of tread water until he comes back. I, I mean, that's the focus for me now. Well, Shams reported just as we were starting the show that there's some optimism that he might play in game two. And if oh. he plays, that's great. If he doesn't, I expect there to be a 
better plan how to use Brook, how to use Drew, how to use Curry. Because now we know that Giannis isn't going to be in the game. Everyone, I saw tweets from Bucks people that I like, Ben. Bucks analysts and talkers that I respect tweeting yesterday things like, well, now we know what Coach Bud looks like without Giannis there to save him. Right now we know what <laughs> Bud... It's like, well, wait a minute. Was he supposed to have a second detailed game plan just in case Giannis got hurt? Like, that's not fair. Come on. So in game two, if they're without Giannis, I think the game plan will reflect that, and I think the Bucks will win. And if Giannis is back, I think they'll be a lot better because Giannis is the best player in the world, and he does a million things well, and I think they'll win. I think they'll win game two anyways. I think they'll come back. Crowd will be into it. They'll start fast. All of the things, whether Giannis is there or not. And the Heat will be without their most important, the most important player in the National Basketball Association and Tyler Hero. Okay, Reggie. We'll get to that coming up in a little bit. 877-867-1670. We'll step away. When we come back, we can take your calls. We will also talk about the injury. What did Coach Bud have to say after the game? What's the outlook on Giannis returning? What's he dealing with? We'll get to all of it. That's Grant Bills. I'm Ben Kenny in for Bill Michaels. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. I'm not going to do it, Grant. The end of the update. There were some words about a situation that's ongoing. I'm not going to say the name. We're going to try. Four hours today. We're going to see if it's possible. Big NFL breaking quarterback news. By the way, Ben Kenny and Grant Bills. We're in for Bill Michaels today. Starting off the 11 o'clock hour. Take your reaction to the Bucks and the Heat. Bucks fall 130 to 117. Some big quarterback news. Jalen Hurts. Philadelphia Eagles signs a very, very large extension. There is another quarterback situation that is playing out with one that will be traded. We just don't know when. And that's all. And we're going to move forward. 877-867-1670. Packers voluntary workouts do start today. Jordan Love showed up walking in in the snow, giving, I think, the same expression, Grant, that we all gave walking into work today. It's like, all right, cool. Just doesn't get better than this, does it? I I think you and Jordan Love had very similar sentiments walking into work this morning. I saw a clip that uh, Packers beat reporter, you know, Wes Hodkowitz, Packers.com. Yes. He posted a clip of Jordan Love walking in, and they had a brief exchange, and Jordan Love asked Wes, it's like, do you think Phil Longo's offense will work in this? <laughs> do you think Wisconsin will practice outside today? Well, yeah. That's all I can think about. I will... Can the air raid function in such conditions? I don't know. I'll reach out to our boots on the ground out there at Wisconsin okay. practice. There is the launch actually coming up on Saturday, open practice to the fans. It's something they've done in the past, but it's much more extravagant this year. It's the end of spring ball. They're doing an open practice on Saturday, but the weather looks a little iffy. So we're wondering if the weather will dissuade the offense from operating and who would I be to overreact to that happening? Right, Grant, who would I be to see a headline like that? and not make broad sweeping assumptions on the quality of play. Take today's poll question in hour one, which is level of concern sponsored by the fish fry you had last Friday and just plan that <laughs> presented by for Monday. What is your level of concern about the Badgers offense in these conditions? <laughs> just reuse it next week. 30 miles, Please. 
Yeah, I went on. I, I went on my my wind app that I sometimes use for you golf. Have a wind app? I do, and <laughs> maybe up to thirty mile an hour gusts on on Saturday. We know that's not how, a quarterback's best friend. See how they can take how, the air out of the football. How do you have space on your phone for a wind app? I had to delete the ESPN app this weekend because space is so low on my phone. I couldn't even take a video at a concert this weekend. Ooh. And you have a wind app? Wow, you're that guy with the phone out taking the video for you to... One. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey. I didn't record the whole show. I like having a memory, a memento. Just, just 20 seconds. A little guitar solo. Look at this. For sure. You know? I didn't try to record the whole thing. I actually recently had to get a new phone. My old one, the screen stopped working. It would turn on, but it wouldn't respond to touch. And when you have a, a, a touch phone, touch, touch screen, that kind of yeah. makes it tough to operate. And it finally died. I was wrestling with it. It would stop working every two hours for a 20 minute period. Then I would fix yeah. it and it'd be fine. Finally just stopped for good. So I had to get a new one. So I actually spent a couple weekends ago doing the whole set up the new phone thing, which is very rewarding once you get done with it. It is, but it did free I, up and- a lot of space. I'm not bogged down in some older apps I may have. Yeah, I, I was going to say that explains it. You're in the honeymoon phase with a new phone. That's why you have the space for a wind app. That answers my question. And it does. I mean, no free ads here, but the new camera, I will say, is noticeably different. And, and I'm oh. not one to take a lot of pictures. I'm not a big picture say. taker. But I have noticed I, I, I sent a selfie to some people when I was on a golf course when it was 20 degrees, all bundled up. I thought it looked funny. And the, the quality on the camera is really impressive. So you, what would it take from me to get you to tweet that selfie? Not as much as, as you would think. I I, I could send it to you coming up in a bit. It's kind of a vibe. Honestly, eight, seven, seven, eight, six, seven, 1670 bucks fall to the heat. One thirty one seventeen last night. We are taking your reaction level of concern from the game. I think Grant and I both firmly in the somewhat concerned, but that mostly relating to Giannis's injury at Benzie Kenny on Twitter, almost 50% Grant say everything will be fine. Everything is fine. 43% say somewhat concerned. A couple people say the sky is falling at the moment. Uh, I, the more I think about it, and I don't know if this is too, I don't know if this is just Monday and we over and we're overreacting to a loss. But the more I think about it, the less well it sits for me. And that's just the game. And this is not projecting forward again. Okay. I don't necessarily have concern that they'll, that they won't turn it around. I don't think that'll happen. I don't think they're in much trouble against the heat this series, unless Giannis is definitely out and then it'll probably be close. But I don't know the, the more I think about the game and the more I think about the, the endless answers the heat had and some of the, Offensive dysfunction at times on the Bucks side. It just it just doesn't sit right. I guess I would say. And then I go on on Twitter, and some people are coming after Coach Bud, and not even just to say why didn't the team play better? Why wasn't there a response after Giannis goes down? Some people are saying, uh, I need to go find the tweet again. But there are some Greg Gard esque, the sky is falling on Coach oh. Bud again takes that I'm seeing. Which I wanted to get your thoughts on before before we throw the Brewers in, which we're gonna do. Good weekend of Brewers baseball. I do we do we start defending Coach Bud against those that are going a little too far on the criticism? 
I mean, I will. Yeah, I saw a tweet yesterday that said they can't win a title with Bud as the coach. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? What? Really? Look, everyone this time of year obsesses over adjustments. Oh, which, co- which coach will make the most adjustments? Do you have those adjustments you can make in the playoffs? Most of these teams don't really adjust that much because they're really good at the things that they do, and they've done those things for 82 games. There are tiny little tweaks here and there, but wholesale changes like dads at home are thinking, well, this isn't working. This man defense, they should try a zone. They're not doing that. That's not how professional basketball, it's not how the NBA works. There were some little things. They let Jimmy Butler get a little comfortable walking into his shots, which is frustrating because that's what they did two years ago, right? I I thought their defense on Bam was fine. A little more aggressive going over ball screens rather than under. That's a little tweak, a little adjustment they could make. Otherwise, I really don't have any problems with what Coach Bud did yesterday. There, there was a point, last thing I'll say, there was a stretch where there was no Drew, no Wes, and no Crowder on the floor. And at that point, you're asking Chris Middleton to guard Jimmy Butler. I don't like that. If we could avoid that, that'd be great. Other than that, I really don't have any problems with Coach Bud today. Really no qualms. 877-867-1670. I, I do feel that there is a Greg Gard-type sentiment out there in regards to Bud when the Bucks lose a playoff game or two, and then it's all on all on the coach. I, I'm a big believer, and, and yes, am I, am I somewhat disappointed that they came out of the gates the way they did? Sure, but I'm a big believer when it comes to NBA, when it comes to any level of basketball, that, yeah, the, the coach has a good amount to do with it. But it's also, if, if a team is losing, if the Badgers are losing and they can't score, at a certain point, you need guys to just hit shots. At a certain yeah. point, you need Tyler Wall and Steven Crowell to finish inside, right? And I'm sure at a certain point yesterday, Coach Bud needed maybe the defense to be a little better on the court. I mean, he obviously needed the heat to miss a shot or two. Um, Would have been nice. But I'm, I'm a big believer that uh, basketball is a game that is often in the hands of the stars and the people on the court more so than definitely football. And then baseball your, uh, has its own argument. Your, your friend Zach, our colleague Zach Heilprin, uh, once said on one of your shows that I enjoy, Kenny and Heilprin, or maybe it was the camp, you can't yell in shots. What do you want Bud to do? You want him to yell loud enough from the bench that Jay Crowder's three-point shots go in? It's just not how basketball works. Yep. 877-867-1670. We'll throw in the Brewers here in a couple minutes. Let's go back to the phones first. Line one, you were on the Bill Michael Show. Who do we got? Hey, guys, you got Court out in Whitewater. How are you doing today, Ben? What's up, Court? Good, man. Hey, uh, just commenting on the game a little bit. Now the sky's not falling. Uh, things will be fine. The Heat had to shoot 60% and over 50 from three. They did win by 13, but the Bucks didn't quite hit the shots they needed. But my, my big comment, my takeaway from all this, is that this team is set up to go deep into the playoffs. They have a very, very deep roster. Uh, if Giannis doesn't come back and play on Wednesday – I think the adjustments will be made, and I think they'll win the game without him as well because they just have the personnel on this team to to make that deep run. This is what it's set up for. And, uh, you know, one game does not make a season. Just like we talk about, Bill constantly makes that reference to Jordan Love, you know, well, you know, one quarter or whatever that Philly game. So one game doesn't make the whole playoff run. They'll be fine. They'll bounce back. Uh, I I got faith and belief in them, I'll tell you that. Well, this is tough because I'm a big believer in the small sample size of Jordan Love, meaning that he's going to be good. 
So I'm going to put that part of the analogy away. I, I, I do agree with you, though. They are, like, and Grant, you could speak to this more than I can. Like, they are as well set up to make a deep run as they ever have been. And they the roster is very talented, and you have a lot of good contributors off the bench. But also, like last night, they didn't play like that. Last night, part of the problem is I, I don't think the depth really showed up, which is not, that does not mean it won't yeah. happen in the future. But when we say, okay, what were the biggest issues with yesterday's game? I would say one of them is, aside from Bobby Portis, who played a lot of minutes when, obviously, with Giannis going down, there just wasn't enough from the bench. Yeah, and I think part of that is, once Giannis got hurt, trying to figure out how we deploy Jay Crowder defensively, right? And and if we're deploying Jay Crowder differently post-Giannis injury, what does that mean for Drew Holiday? What does that mean for Chris Middleton? Joe Ingles, where does he fall into this? So they have a lot of moving pieces. They have a lot of tools in the toolbox. The problem is the game plan got thrown out the window five minutes into the game. So if Giannis doesn't play, and I agree with Court, great call. If Wednesday Giannis isn't able to go, they still have a ton of pieces to deploy. And I'll still feel really good about the Bucks' chances winning Wednesday. If they know going in, we don't have Giannis, they can game plan accordingly. I'll feel good. Good call by Court. 877-867-167. You could chime in there. Uh, I, I would say Bucks win this one in, it, it feels like six. It feels like the Heat might get feisty and steal one more. Five. Really? I think five. Wow. Yeah. Confident Grant. Grant woke up today and did not look outside and did not have any of the any of the snow affect the mood. And we are just all the way back in on the Bucks not losing another game. Sometimes I feel like I'm the only Bucks fan that, that like knows that my team is really good. Like last week when we learned the draw, it's gonna be Bucks Heat. And I tweeted about it. I was like, the Bucks are going to stomp this Heat team. Something like that. Everyone's in my mentions. Oh, I don't know. Heat are really, oh, it's going to be a dogfight. Guys, talk smack a little bit. We have the best player. We have the best team. The number one seed. Like, let's go. I don't know. I feel like we need a little bit more of that. 877-867-1670. We'll take your calls on the Bucks. I wanted to do this, though, Grant. Yesterday, overshadowed by... Unfortunately, Giannis's injury in the first quarter of said Bucks game. The Milwaukee Brewers one to nothing over the Padres. They finish winning three of four in San Diego over the weekend. They have now risen to eleven and five, two games up on the Cubs and Pirates in the NL Central. There's a lot of season-wide stuff I want to get to in a bit, but the story of Sunday for the Brewers, Mister Wade Miley. It sucks that he's not going to get his due today because we're talking about Giannis's injury and Reggie Miller and should we ban the charge and a bunch of dumb topics that we shouldn't discuss, but we're going to wait. I love Wade Miley and I got to talk to him twice at spring training, which I think like, Oh, you were of him a little bit. You went to spring training. I did. I did. I was in the clubhouse. Oh, really? And I, Day one, Wade was like the second player I've ever, he was the second professional athlete I've ever talked to in my life. The first was Ethan Small, who <laughs> very quickly got sent to AAA after I had a chance to speak <laughs> with him. Like the afternoon of. Wade Miley is awesome. Like I talked to him. I was like, hey, like, welcome back. You were great in 2018. Like, we loved watching the playoffs. Like, what do you think your role is going to be this year? And he's like, I don't know. You know, make some starts, help the team, like wherever they need me. Just super lighthearted, good mood, just excited to be back. And I'm like, this guy's going to fit perfectly. Like if he's a back end of the rotation guy, or, or maybe if he ends up in the pen, I just, I left spring training with a lot of confidence that Wade Miley was going to be a contributor. 
I love that guy. I think he's the perfect fifth starter. I like the fifth starter to be older rather than younger, maybe. Like in basketball, you go to the bench, you have a veteran. That's great in college basketball. It's very rare these days, right? Like you can go to a, a Vito Brown or a Duye Dukin on the bench, thinking wow. back to 2015, rather than some freshman. I like that veteran presence in the fifth spot in the rotation. Love Wade Miley. I know I keep ranting. I'll stop and let you talk, but I loved you. Brevin Pritzel. There you go. Of a not as successful team. Seven innings pitched yesterday, and I thought it was going to get bad. They came out of the gates. He, he, they had first and third with no outs in the first inning. They got out of it with no runs. I thought he was going to get rocked, and I, I was ready to quote tweet what you had said with the big Wade Miley start coming. Seven innings pitched, four hits, 8K, zero runs. He is now three starts into the year, two and one, 18 innings pitched, which is out of a fifth starter. If you're getting six innings a game and Mm -hmm. three total runs on average, one run in six innings, that's remarkable. I do. I I like the take of an older guy being the fifth. I kind of like it being a crafty lefty. I just something about like. You know, baseball today is all these crazy hard-throwing righties, all, all the flamethrowers, and even some some lefties like Blake Snell, who's on the Padres, just absolutely pumping and consistently missing spots and, frankly, not being nearly as entertaining to watch as a Wade Miley, Jamie Moyer-type pitcher. Even Lance Lynn. Good one. Somebody else. Yeah, The best one ever at it was Cliff Lee to me, or at least in the last 15 to 20 years of a dude that just painted and went about his business pretty quick, always in rhythm. And yeah, could get hit around at times as Miley has, but that you always know will give you the innings. It's just a question of whether there are three or four runs in it or zero or one. Like, you know, he can get you to the seventh if you need him to even if he's getting hit around a lot, which is, yeah, that's the veteran. That's the experienced guy you need at the back end. I probably should issue a mea culpa here. Okay. Bill Michaels at the start of the year was wondering who an unsung hero, a a dark horse star of the Brewers could be. I think unsung hero was the exact words. Mm -hmm. He said Wade Miley. To which I I chuckled. I I shunned the take. I kind of compared him to a mix of Chichi Gonzalez and Jason Alexander. Oh, which was too far. That. Which was way was. too far. It's fine. It's fine to laugh about this signing because it's objectively funny. Like the Brewers signed one veteran pitcher, and of course it's Wade Miley. It is funny. Like, we can have a certain degree of fun with this, but he's not Jason Alexander, who we talked about a ton last summer, Ben. Oof. Like, I feel like we had so many Jason Alexander conversations. He's better than that. Yes, I take it back. Well, the mea culpa is not only did I take it too far to think that Wade Miley would not be a extremely productive pitcher, I thought he'd be an innings eater. I, I called him an innings eater, which is a nice way of saying a pitcher that gives up a lot of runs, but just like a he, he just goes out there and takes the bullets. He just pitches the innings and gives you the innings. He has been so much more than that. I have been very, very wrong. Bill was right. What's new? There you go. I'm probably not going to say it to his. He's going to come back on whichever day and parade that take around. And I'm not going to give in when he is here. But for all the listening audience out there that catches his show every day, Bill was right. I was wrong about Wade Miley. I have a 
Wade Miley drop. Let me see if I can get this to play. Wade's a good pitcher. Wade's a good pitcher. <laughs> that was Craig Council two starts ago when the Brewers beat was acting shocked. They're like, what? Look at Wade. We were that's all the, shocked, Grant. That's the McCalvey, by the way. Don't ask a question. Just make a, an exasperated comment. How about Wade, huh? Or, man, really crazy to see what this player's doing. Like, it's never a question. McCalvey will just bat lead off in these scrums. He'll be like, how, how about Wade? And Council basically said, Wade's a good pitcher. If we keep him healthy and keep him on a schedule, he will be really good for us. Wade's a good pitcher. Speaking of Craig Council and Wade Miley, I have comments to play after the game yesterday. What did Craig Council say about the best start of Wade Miley's year so far and a, a great one nothing win? There was something else in the win, though, Grant, I want to get to. There have been a lot of positive surprises with this 11-5 and five Brewers team. And we'll get back to Bucks talk as well coming back. But there's something else that happened yesterday that is a trend I think is notable. I want to get to it and what other positive surprises are are sitting right now, sitting right with everybody as, as the Brewers cap off an impressive weekend against the Padres. That's all coming up next. Craig Council talking about Wade Miley as well as much more. That is Grant Bills. I'm Ben Kenny in for Bill Michaels. This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.